And uh, as I've already alluded to this morning, uh, I had the honor and the privilege of coaching three young men who in their gifts and their talents are extremely, extremely capable. They have high goals for where they're going and what they want to do, each of them individually, and they are growing together collectively in that goal. As I coached them, the Lord began to deal with my heart and my mind about something that's going to sound a little geeky, forgive me, but about input and output. Input and output, if you look at it, is usually language that refers to computers. It's the concept of taking input, some kind of input, whether it be back in the day, my father used to put in, uh, did you call them punch cards? Okay. Uh, Put a punch card in, or... For us today, it might be a mouse, might be a keyboard, there might be a graphical user interface, but there's some kind of input. And when you put that into the computer, the computer then, it can be very simple, tap the letter S and you get an S on a word processor, or it can be extremely complicated where you build a string of inputs and then hit enter and ask the computer to run all of those computations or those various things. But you have an input and then the computer works with it, and you have an anticipated and expected output. What makes computers work very well is that what we, we have figured out how to build them in such a way that our input gets a predicted output. If I push the letter S on my keyboard and I get the letter Z, first of all, I assume I hit the wrong keyboard or the wrong key. But if I continue to press very carefully and very intentionally the letter S and I get the letter Z, something's wrong. There's a discrepancy between the input and the output. And I would submit to you that not just from this, but from many, many other things, we have a tendency to expect to control both the input of our life and the output. We want to take control over what we put in because if we can just figure out what the right input is, then we will get the output we want. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? And so we go about life attempting to figure out what's the output we want and then trying to figure out what is the necessary input that will produce that output. And the reason this came to my mind is these young men are trying to honor God, they're trying to serve God, but in a nutshell, they are trying to figure out what is the proper input that will lead to this output. And even if she tells you that she really isn't, so are Kim and I. I don't care how much she tells you she don't want it, she does. Now, step away from quizzing and understand that quizzing is not the only place in which we humans try to figure out and control the output by figuring out the input. But here's the problem. We tie our success to the output or to adjust it slightly from computer language to the outcome. We judge our success. We judge whether we've been good disciples. We judge whether we have followed Christ based upon the outcome. And just as I and Kim are trying to teach these young men, God doesn't judge you on the outcome, for the outcome is his. 
God judges you on the input. You're only responsible for what you do. And that is the measure of your success. Now, I don't really like this, but the writer of Hebrews kind of tells us this. He gives us a long list of heroes in the Bible, different people who did things out of faith. And all through most of the chapter, each of these people are, were told what their outcome was, what their output is. Through faith, they built a boat and God saved the nation or saved the world. Through faith, they spurned the riches of Egypt in order to lead a people free. We see input and we see output. And then we start getting a list of just kind of cobbled together of others. And he says, I could keep going on and on. But then he turns and he begins to describe people who were hunted, people who were living in caves, people who were sawn asunder. This is not the part we preachers typically preach from. We don't get the, the, the aisles running when we talk about these people. And in verse 39 of Hebrews chapter 11, the writer of the faith chapter says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. In other words, there was a discrepancy between the input and the output. It didn't come out the way they expected it to. It didn't even come out the way that the scriptures say that God promised it would come out. And so here is what I want you to understand. As much as I don't like it, as much as I want to rail against God about it, the reality is is discipleship calls us to focus on the input while releasing our demands on the output. Our willingness to be obedient to what we know to do and to allow the master to assess our success, not based upon worldly standards. The world says, we don't care what your input is, just get the output. We don't care what your methods are. We don't care what your ethics are. We don't care how you get there, just get the intended output. Jesus looks at it and says, you're going to trust me with the output. Give me the right input. And if you give me the right input, that is when you're going to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not on the output, but on the input. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is just a thought.